Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Mr. Mike, and you are listening to the E3 Gamer AudioCast. This is the 2019th edition, where I'm kicking it all off with the pre-show to the biggest event in gaming history, which is E3, and everybody, welcome, welcome one and all. We are going to be going down... The things that I, Mr. Mike, have on my Mr. Mike's wish list or what I think might happen at E3. We got some pre-E3 news, some pre-E3 talk, all about the games, the gaming, the gaming industry, and more. And also the rundown of the times and such of E3 and all the press conferences. So everybody... Sit back, relax, and listen to the E3 Gamer AudioCast here on the Juju2Cast Network. So let's push that button and start the show. Mike and this is the E3 Gamer AudioCast. This is the pre-show of the podcast known as E3 Gamer. This is the pre-show to the upcoming conferences that you will be getting, well, my, mm, let's say, mm, I don't know, my retrospective of when I watch the press conferences. I will go through what has happened during each press conference, which I will tell you which ones I'm going to actually be covering this year at E3, and we will go and I will talk about what happened and after what I thought about each conference and what I thought might be exciting, what wasn't exciting, what they could have debate, you know, all that, the whole rundown and all that. Each conference will be in its own podcast, of course, so to kick it all off, we got the Microsoft press conference, which we're going to do. And then we're going to go to Bethesda later tonight. Uh, I will do that one. And then tomorrow will be Ubisoft, then Square Enix. And then Tuesday will be Nintendo. And the reason why it seems a little like less is because Electronic Arts has done uh, not a press conference, but they did a few like little video presentations and stuff or live presentations or whatever of certain games and stuff and they showcase some stuff so they didn't do a press conference this year and sony isn't doing a press conference this year so uh those two people those two uh people uh companies have outed e3 this year and i don't really cover the devolver digital press conference or the pc gaming show or i'm not gonna go over the kind of funny uh, gaming show because those are not relevant right now and for the pc gaming show they're just going to show you the same stuff that microsoft and others it will show you and then they're just going to show some pc hardware and stuff and i figure well yes pc gaming is the thing and is awesome but i like to just cover the industry with the games themselves and if you're going to just see the same games from other people in the PC gaming show, there's no reason for me to do so. That's like a completely different podcast in itself. So I have chosen to just do Microsoft, Bethesda, Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Nintendo 
this year. So still a lot to cover, still a lot of things to go through, and Microsoft promises to have a lot, and I do mean a lot, of stuff to talk about this year for uh, E3 uh, 2019. And I'm excited to see what um, Microsoft brings to the table. Will we see new uh, console hardware? Will we? I'm sure they might talk about the new console hardware that they are um, planning for next year, uh, the next-gen consoles as they will be. Um, I know I'm excited. Will we get a price point on the next-gen hardware from Microsoft? Probably not, but if they did, that'd be awesome because then we would all know how much we would have to save up because I'm sure it's going to be a lot of money for the next generation of consoles. So get ready, everybody. Save those pennies. You know, put away like 20 a week. Like I always tell people, anybody can afford a next generation console or a launch console or anything. You just have to be willing to put at least $20 aside a week. If you do that until next year when the consoles are finally released and are out, you'll definitely have that money in hand and plus maybe some extra money for another controller or games you know that's what i usually do that's what i usually speak and preach so uh yeah so welcome to the e3 gamer uh podcast uh it's a thing that i started doing a long time ago because i am a gamer i love video games if you ever seen my house which none of you have I do have a lot of games, video games, game memorabilia, all that stuff. I'm into entertainment. I'm a big entertainment buff. I've always been a big entertainment buff. I love films and movies. I love gaming. So, you know, my house is full of this stuff. I got posters and games and collectibles. You name it, I got a lot of it. (laughs) Um, Not as much as most other people, but, you know, I have my fair share of my house taken up with uh, gaming stuff. So, uh, I think I could qualify for that. So, the E3... Uh, schedule and the E3 Gamer audio cast schedule as is is compares to when these press conferences go on and when they end and how long it takes me to prep and talk and do the podcast. So it depends on how long it takes me to do the podcast to put them up and out. Uh, I usually take a vacation, which I am on a vacation. I'm on a nice extended vacation from my real job uh, just because I love gaming in general. I love it a lot, so I love to cover E3 every year, and I usually take off this same time every year for E3. And uh, I also take off for my birthday that's coming up later in this week. So it's always a, a great package for me in one week. Take off for my birthday, take off for E3. So I'm going to kick off this uh, pre-show uh, with the times, uh, basically. Now, note, these are going to be all in Eastern Standard Times because I am in the Eastern Standard Time. I am in New York. So if you type that into your Google browsers, the Eastern Standard Time for each press conference, you can usually get the one for you guys uh, out there. So when later today, uh, when the Microsoft press conference happens, that's going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern, um, which is for me in New York here. I think it's like 1... Uh, what is it like? Uh, 1 p.m. Uh, PDT time for Los Angeles. Yeah, it's 1 PDT, 1 p.m. PDT time, uh, Pacific Daylight Time for uh, like people in Los Angeles, which is where E3 is at. Uh, but here in New York, it's 4 p.m. So at 4 p.m., I will be definitely watching the Microsoft press conference, and I cannot wait because they said they got two hours plus of full of gaming goodness. And all that stuff. I will talk more about that. 
Next up later today, or tonight I should say, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, we got Bethesda. Now, Bethesda promised a lot last year. They showed us some cool stuff. They kind of missed the mark on a certain game called Fallout 76, and they really blew it big time on a lot of things. And, you know, we can go through a lot of things on that, but I'm not going to talk about it now. But we all know they had some blunders. Will they make it up in this year's E3? I hope so. I hope they bring the game, as you will. Uh, they said they weren't going to show anything of the star... What is it called? Starbreeze? Star Starlink? Oh, it's too many star names. That star... See, I forgot about it because they, they never really show it. But the new Followed in Space game... Uh, <laughs> and I can't remember the name because it's just getting lost to me. But they will show that... I hope they would show some of that... You know, Elder Scrolls, they tease, but that's not going to be shown for a very long time because that game ain't out going to be out until the next-gen consoles. So don't don't worry about that one. Uh, Doom Eternal, of course, they're going to show off and talk about uh, probably Wolfenstein and stuff like that. So we'll find out more about that. Um, and that's 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Then we're going to go into tomorrow... Uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Uh, PDT time or Pacific time. So that would be the Ubisoft conference. And you know those French guys, they always bring the funny and the fun and all that. They really show off a good uh, presentation at E3 every year. And I, I always love watching it. Even though they might not have a lot of games and stuff that I'm interested in or a lot of things that I want to get. But you never know. And there was one game I didn't even put on my list, and that was the Beyond Good and Evil game. Hmm. I wonder if they're going to bring show that uh, this year at Ubisoft. Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft, Ubisoft. Now that they're a free company and they're not being taken over by Vivendi anymore, uh, you know, they're going to be probably bringing more of their A game. The only thing is uh, I hope they get Aisha Tyler back as a host. Uh, she wasn't there last year, and that was kind of upsetting to me. Maybe this year she'll come come on back to host uh, the Ubisoft conference because I always like her. She brings her fun and tallness to the show while all the French guys are so much shorter than her, and it's so much fun. But uh, Ubisoft, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific time. And then we go on to the next one that makes relevant sense to people like me uh, here. And that will be at 9 p.m. at night uh, Eastern. 9 p.m. on on Monday, I should say, Eastern. Uh, Just like Ubisoft. Ubisoft is Monday, too. I should have said that, too. So 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Eastern, Monday, Ubisoft. And now we're going to Square Enix. At 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, which, man, that's late, and that's on uh, Monday. And uh, Square Enix, I don't know. Did I ever watch a Square Enix uh, show before? I don't remember if I ever did or not, but uh, I got to remember that. I don't know if I did. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. But um, what are they going to bring? They just did some big games. They just did, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, like, Tomb Raider and stuff. They did uh, the Final Fantasy stuff. I'm, I'm sure they'll show off that Final Fantasy remake that they've been talking about forever and everybody's been clamoring to get and all that. And then they just had Kingdom Hearts 3 come out. 
So I don't know. Maybe they're going to talk about some DLC for that. I don't know what they're going to bring to the table. I have no clue, but they're at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. And then we go on to Tuesday, uh, which Tuesday, June 11th, uh, which I always consider the final, final day for E3 for me because, you know, it's the last conference that you see. And they're usually the solo people, the last to show anything, the solo people, because there's no Sony or anybody else. Uh, that would be uh, Nintendo. Nintendo likes to do their E3, not live anymore, not with a press conference, but via video and Treehouse Live and all that stuff. And they like to do their E3 um, Treehouse videos. And they're going to bring some games to the table. I hear they're going to talk about a lot of games in their Nintendo Direct, as they like to call it. And that is going to be at 12 noon p.m., 12 p.m. noon on uh, Tuesday, June 11th, and 9 a.m. East, or not 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time uh, for Nintendo. And uh, I'm sure they're bringing a lot of games. They're going to be, I hear they're talking about a lot of games. Um, so get ready for that. That is the schedule. Like I said, I'm not covering kind of funny. I'm not covering the PC gaming or Devolver Digital. And of course, Sony and Electronic Arts aren't really doing anything. They're doing some other, probably their own stuff or doing that, but they're not bringing anything really big to the table. Uh, but that's, that's the schedule. And I think it's pretty nice and neat. And it gives me a lot of time to play video games in the, around the clock. Um, I might even try to play a video game today before I go and head and watch the Xbox uh, uh, presentation later today. Uh, I'm recording this in the morning of today. Well, not the morning. It's already 1 p.m. Eastern. So I got like three hours left. So I got to finish this in three, podcast in three hours and edit it and upload it for you guys. And then I could play either a video game or go right ahead and watch the Xbox presentation. And then I got to do the podcast on that. Then I'll go eat. And all that other fun stuff. So, you know, having fun. It's all about video games. I love talking about video games. I love watching things about video games. Uh, Somebody that might also be at E3, but they already did a presentation on. I didn't watch the presentation on it. I should have. I might. Uh, Would be Google's... Google. I should say Google. And they were showing off their Stadia gaming service, uh, which is officially coming in November and they already talked about it so i want to talk about it because i got a few news stories for you guys here and i got a few a couple of them right here up in the top here for you guys that i felt necessary to talk about for e3 this year because these these things are part of e3 and google stadia is a like a competitor for e3 and all the other gaming companies so google stadia gaming service is officially coming uh in november um Let's see here. Uh, namely, the heck we're going to able to play and how much we'll pay. Get started. Which beam, uh, This is a service that beams high-end console and PC games to any Chrome web browser, Chromecast Ultra TV dongle, or Pixel 3 smartphone from beefy new Google servers, which we all know how that was doing last weekend. <laughs> uh, the short version, Google Stadio, will launch in November. And 14 different territories, including the U.S., U.K., and Canada. Of course it will. Uh, With at least 31 games from 21 different publishers, 
for an initial Founders Edition price of $130 you had to put down for it. And that's basically you get a controller and some other stuff. It's a starter kit, and uh, this is what it includes. For a hardware starter kit with three months of premium service and $10 a month afterwards, so it's $10 a month for the service that you had to pay for Google Stadia. Uh, there's a separate free tier coming in 2020, which that's going to be fully ad-based, I'm sure. Uh, pre-orders for the Founders Edition are now open. Um, and let's see here. So basically, uh, thinking that Google Stadia will be the Netflix of games, it turns out the anthology goes uh, so far with Google intends to eventually have a back catalog of free games included with your $10 monthly fee. So something like Xbox... Xbox... Um, not Xbox, yeah, Xbox Live Gold, yeah, Xbox Gold, or Xbox um, Game Pass, as I, w- I would like to say. Uh, the subscription only includes a single game as of today for a free game, and that would be Destiny 2, I guess. Uh, primarily, Google tells every- us that you should expect to buy, not rent cloud games uh, for the same retail prices you'd find on other platforms like the PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, and Steam. So basically, they're not looking to give you any discounts on there. Unlike what Epic is trying to do with the $10 off all their games and stuff, and some other people like to do it. So I don't think they're doing anything really big on sales right then and there for uh, other people. Uh, But uh, yeah, you're not renting the games, you're buying them outright. And that's not including the... The game, the, like the Game Pass-like thing where you get a free subscription to play games. It's weird. It's like you can buy the, rent and play some of the games that are available, or you can buy them. Uh, we will sell these games like any other digital storefront, um, as they state. So you're probably wondering which games and game studios are on board. So here we go. Bando Namkai, Dragon Ball... Uh, Xnoverse 2, Bethesda, Doom Eternal, Doom 2016, Rage 2, Elder Scrolls Online, Wolfenstein, Youngblood, uh, Bungie, Destiny 2, Capcom to be determined, uh, but Capcom is on board, uh, Coat Sync, Get Packed, uh, which is a Stadia exclusive, Codemasters, Grid, Deep Silver, Metro Exodus, uh, Drool, Thumper, Electronic Arts to be determined. Giant Software Farming Simulator 19. Larian Studios, Baldur's Gate 3, Enway Games, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, Rockstar Games to be determined. Sega Football Manager, SNK, Samurai Showdown, Square Enix, Final Fantasy XV, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and of course Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So all the Tomb Raider games are going to be going to Stadia to play. Uh, 2K Games, NBA 2K, Borderlands 3, uh, Tequila Works, uh, Guilt, or Giet, 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 G-Y-I-T, Giet. Uh, which is also going to be a Stadia exclusive. Warner Brothers, Mortal Kombat 11, which that's going to be a game that's going to either impress or really, 
really depress everybody, depending on how the latency is. Uh, THQ, Darksiders Genesis, Ubisoft Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Just Dance, Tom Clancy's Coast Recon, Breakpoint, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, uh, Trials uh, Rising, and The Crew 2. Uh, Google says it isn't the entire list of games either, uh, with more set to be announced uh, during E3, I guess, this week. And the runner, the run-up to November launch still is already looks like who's who of game publishers are interested. Even though nobody's really interested in Google Stadia, as I hear for uh, developers and stuff, uh, it's still not going to sway them for putting their older stuff on there. There's a cute couple new stuff, uh, new games coming up and stuff coming to Google Stadia here, but a lot of these games have been out for a bit now, so they're basically just giving them the leftovers for a lot of stuff. Um, let's see here. They got... Uh, let's see here. They got these Google Stadia controllers, which you can get here. I don't know how much they are, uh, but which is probably Google's catering to early adopters, willing to drop 130 plus on a Stadia Founders Edition. So I'm guessing with the $130, you get one of these control Google Stadia controllers. I would hope. Um, ooh, they got a little slider here. I'm looking at the Google Stadia controller on the colors. So they got the black and white Google Stadia controller here. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a, it looks like a Switch controller. It looks like a Switch Pro controller. Nothing, nothing special about it. It just looks like a Switch Pro controller. Um, since each of these devices, okay, here we go. Um, the company's gobbled together its own console of sorts, a Chromecast Ultra to plug into your TV in a limited edition, uh, dark blue version of Stadius. Surprisingly cool controller. Okay, so, um, so that's what you get with the, with the Founders Edition. Since each of these devices will retail for $70 on their own, so the controllers themselves, you're arguably getting your money's worth in gadgets right away, plus the chance to choose a found, a special founder username before anyone else. You'll also get three months of Stadia Pro tier of service and uh, for you and your friend. Okay, so you can have a friend or your wife or kid or whatever who you uh, who you like who like you will also be able to play on a Pixel 3 or Pixel 3a phone, Google says. It hopes to expand to other phones and platforms over time or in the Chrome web browser uh, with the standard uh, HID controller of your choice. Okay. Stadia Pro gives you 4K, 60 frames per second streaming with HDR and 5.1 surround sound, assuming you've got the required 35 megabits per second of bandwidth. Yeah, I do. I got 100 up and 100 down. Plus access to Stadia's eventual free catalog, the extensive discounts on games, the free tier launching in 2020 is limited to 1080 60 frames per second, so 1080p 60 uh, 60 frames per second uh, with stereo sound and requires 10 megabytes per second of bandwidth to stream at 720p, so there you go. And they got a little chart here, so 720p 60 frames per second stereo is like... 5 to 10 megabits per second. Uh, if you want to go to 1080p, HDR video with 60 frames per second and 5.1 surround sound. That's around 20 megabits per second. 
And of course, for 4K HDR video, 60 frames per second, 5.1 surround sound, 35 megabits per second plus. Which, you know what? Because I got 100 megabits up and down, I can definitely do 4K. Not that I'm getting the Stadia thing here. Uh, Google Stadia launch regions and pricing. So Founders Edition, 130 bucks US. Stadia Pro monthly subscription is $9.99 or $10. Stadia controller, $69. Um, anything else here that, that... Nope, nothing really that I really care about. But they do plan on expanding to other devices. And so. so it's all... It's all game streaming in the cloud, but using uh, different hardware to push it out to you, the customer. Now, will this service will this service succeed? I don't know. I personally am very uh, skeptical on it because I know Google very well, and I know how they can fuck some good shit up. Uh, because they don't, they're not willing to push or try beyond a certain point, and then they get bored. Uh, they do have Phil Harrison um, on board for their their launch and all that. They have all, you know, he's been around. He's been with Microsoft. He's been with Sony and stuff. He's been, I think, with EA. I don't know. I don't remember. But he's been with a few companies in the gaming industry. So they do have him to help them out with this whole gaming initiative. But I don't know. What do you guys think? You think uh, stream all out streaming service by Google is a good idea? Even though their servers last week couldn't handle a little bit of a transition and it took the whole system down for a while. Ugh. I don't know. Just saying, folks. But there you go. Google Stadia. There's everything you need to know. It's coming out in November for $130 for the Founders Edition. You can go right now to the Google Play Store and you can pre-order it now. So have fun with that. Another thing... That's been uh, pushed out or already uh, confirmed before E3 has started or before the Microsoft press conference has started. The price confirmed for Xbox Game Pass on PC. Yes, you're going to have to pay extra or extra to get that on PC and not you won't be able to use your regular Games Pass to do it. But it's not really that expensive. So confirmed games will include We Happy Few, Forza Horizon 4, and Hellblade Sonoma Sacrifice. Ahead of the E3. Of the evening C3 conference, a new page on the Microsoft Store confirms details and pricing for the Xbox Game Pass on PC for Windows 10 players. It's $5 a month, folks. So $5 a month gets you, well, the pass includes a library of 100 plus games to dip into. So that's for $5 a month. You can play 100 plus games on your computer. That makes me very excited because it's like, hmm. I want to play computer games, sure, 100 plus of them for $5 a month, and a lot of them I'll still be able to get achievements off of? Hmm, that's making me really, um, really uh, wanting to get into, you know, my PC gaming again, you know? Hmm, as an Xbox gamer. So it includes 100 plus games, although it should be noted that the library of the Xbox on the Xbox One is almost double that, but that's okay. How many games can you play in a month, folks? <laughs> Including We Happy Few, Forza Horizon 4, Hello Neighbor, Hellblade, Summer's Sacrifice, Sea of Thieves, Anniversary Edition, and State of the K2. Gears 5, Halo, The Master Chief Collection, and Ori the Blind Forest are listed as coming soon to the PC library. Of course, because they're going to have those new 
games right when they come out day one. So that is obvious. Xbox Game Pass and PC will also offer the same sort of discounts on purchasing games and content as his Xbox sibling, including 10, 20% off the full cost of games and 10% off add-ons. There we go. That's not bad. Well, while the PC Xbox Game, Game Pass will typically be available for $5 a month, there is uh, uh, presently a one-month introductory offer for Xbox Insiders, which will let you subscribe for a dollar. At the time of writing, there's no option on the website to buy an annual pass, but I'm sure there will be one coming. Expect to find more at e- Xbox's E3 conference later this evening. I think that is a great thing, even though some people are going to be bummed out because they'll have to spend another $5, but come on, people. This is a totally different device. This is on your PC, and you're getting games. And if you're like me, if you're other people that don't even play on your Xbox and you're a PC gamer, this should make you very happy and make people like Steam and, and elsewhere very un, like very scared. Because if you're going to be able to play a big slew of games, and I know there's just a hundred plus games right now, but there'll be more coming and coming uh, over and over again for five dollars a month. I think that's a pretty sweet deal. And I'm thinking I might actually do it. It depends, you know. I like to play games on my console a lot, yes. But sometimes I might want to play them on my PC. And plus, you can always hook up... I can always hook up my Xbox One controller to my PC, so not a big deal. So I think Microsoft, good on them for uh, pushing ahead on that because I think that's a really good deal for Xbox Game Pass for PC. Can. And Phil Spencer is really pushing gaming on PC and everywhere, actually. Because Microsoft, Xbox is going to be everywhere. They're trying to push it not just for the console and the PC, but for anybody's devices. Even probably PlayStation eventually, if Sony wants to play ball. Um, they're, they're working with Nintendo. They're working with anything else and everybody else. They're even selling games on Steam uh, pretty soon. So, you know, their first-party games on Steam. So... Microsoft just wants people to have fun with games everywhere. So all the games you can expect to see at E3 2019 and the ones you probably won't. So these are confirmed games for E3 2019 so far. Gears 5, of course, because that's going to be coming out this year. Uh, Halo Infinite, we will be seeing some hopefully good gameplay of Halo Infinite. I am a big Halo fan, hence I named my cat after the game. Uh, my cat Halo is named after Halo because I love it so much, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, Ghost Recon Breaking Point, or Breakpoint, sorry. That looks pretty interesting. I haven't played a Ghost Recon game in a very long time. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I did see some gameplay of that. It, it made me a little happier when I saw the gameplay of uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, when I saw the the video at the E, I did see that from EA Play. Uh, the gameplay of that. It looked a little like uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed to me. And I got very happy about it. Because I'm like, hmm, this looks very interesting. And I got a little giddy and happy about it. Yes, yes, very happy. Uh, FIFA 20, Madden NFL 20, which I, I'm sure they showed already at the EA stuff. Uh, Trying for the Nightmare Prince. That looks interesting. Uh, Doom Eternal, of course. Darksiders Genesis. Um, Dying Light 2. Yes, I forgot about Dying Light 2. 
Borderlands 3. That is something I do want to see a lot more of. I still didn't watch the gameplay footage of that. I got to still watch that. It's sad on my part. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Marvel's The Avengers, which this is what we're, which I forgot that we'll probably see during the Square Enix press conference uh, tomorrow. And that is probably something they're going to probably show heavily on because they've been working on this for a very long time and... Why not? This is the Avengers project that people are looking at or waiting for, maybe? I don't know. It looks very... Um, what I hear about it, it sounds very interesting. And, uh, wow, after Endgame and all that, I'm sure people are hungry to play some or have some more uh, Marvel Avengers in their lives. So uh, Marvel's and Avengers coming uh, for Square Enix and stuff. Cyberpunk 2077. This is a game I saw. Uh, this is from CD Projekt Red. I saw it at E3. I saw a lot of stuff about it. I want to see some gameplay of it or more of gameplay of it. It looks very interesting. I know it's coming out. They said it's coming out for this gen of consoles, but I still think it won't come out till next gen of consoles, which doesn't matter for me to me because I'd probably play this game on a next gen console because it would probably look so sweet. And it is getting me very hyped for this game because I love, I love the futuristic cyber futuristic ness of it. It looks badass. It's something that I'd probably want to play, and I cannot wait to see more about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It looks really good. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion, which is the third Watch Dogs in the game set. I hear it's uh, being touted as a game uh, taken into uh, Europe, like. In Europe, um, over at in England, basically, this game is going to be uh, positioning itself. Why not? They got tons of can cameras, surveillance, and stuff, and you can't really have guns <laughs> there. Uh, Marvel Alliance Three: The Black Order. That's of course uh, the third Marvel Alliance game, which is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch for now. The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. That's also going to be something pretty interesting to see. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. We did see a bunch of that, but I'm sure they're going to show us more about that. Luigi's Mansion 3. A game that I cannot wait to play. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see here. I, I'm trying to think. I do want Luigi's Mansion 1 and 2 to be ported to the Switch. I don't know if they will be. I hope Nintendo's... Uh, Foresight would allow them to put port uh, Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Mansion 2 to the Switch because I would love to play those uh, games first before getting into Luigi's Mansion 3. But hey, if I if I could just play Luigi's Mansion 3 on my Switch, I'll I'll, I'll be all for it. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, games to not expect at E3 this year: uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine. Ubisoft's uh, role-playing game, uh, Bleeding Edge, Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and Cyberpilot. I wouldn't be too hesitant on that because Bethesda might show off uh, Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and Cyberpilot because, you know, they want to put some stuff in their showcase. So I would maybe see that. Uh, Roller Champions, that looked interesting. Uh, Forza Motorsport 8. Oh, I'm pretty sure we'll see that, or unless they uh, push for that for next year. And then they say Fable. I think we will see some Fable. 
this year. I don't know. I, I, I'm really thinking we will see Fable at E3 this year and the Microsoft uh, press conference. Because people have been talking about it. We've been hearing rumors about it for so long now. I'm pretty sure Microsoft wants to push out a big presentation and show us some Fable. So I'm thinking that might be there. And then people are saying we won't see Animal Crossing. I don't know. I, I, I got a feeling we will see it. And then they say they w- that we won't see it. So I don't... This list that I'm seeing here... Uh, uh, this list here of games we expect... Oh, these are games to expect at E3? So what was the first list? Wait. Games to expect at E3. Confirmed. Oh, c- confirmed and to expect. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought they won't expect... See, I-, I read that wrong, folks. So I guess we will expect Forza Motorsport, Fable, Animal Crossing, Super Mario Maker 2, which is coming out right after my vacation ends. Oh, it's the week after my vacation ends. But I, st- I can't wait because I already have it pre-ordered and I will be playing the hell out of Mar- Super Mario Maker 2, me and my friend. Fire Emblem, Three Houses, uh, Astral Chain... Uh, Babylon's Fall, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I'm telling you, everybody's been really, 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 really uh, pushing for. Uh, Here we go. Games that people want to see at E3 2019. Wolfenstein 3, I don't know about that. Splinter Cell 7, maybe. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle 2, I would love to see that. Uh, Bayonetta 3. Near three games won't, that won't be there. This is the one I was talking about, folks. Starfield by Bethesda. Now, even I think this Bethesda said they weren't going to show it, but I don't know if that's true or false. Because why wouldn't you want to show a game that you've been showing at every E3 so far? Well, they haven't showed it last year, but they were talking about it. They showed it off. They said this is a Fallen in Space kind of a game. They were teasing it. I think. Bethesda has to show some Starfield at E3 this year over at the Bethesda conference. I cannot see them not showing Starfield at the Bethesda conference this year because that would be, um, that would not be good. I don't know. I I think they have to show it. I really do. I really, really think they have to show uh, Starfield. But, hey, I'm not Bethesda. I don't know. I, I think they've been working on it for a long time. People want to see what else they're coming out with. They're not showing the next Elder Scrolls game. They could show off some Starfield gameplay and stuff and say, hey, it's not coming out till like next year or something, you know, but get get us really going googly-eyed over it. I want to see what Starfield is. I'm excited. I hope it's really good. It's by Todd Howard himself. He, he created it from the ground up, you know, no licenses or anything. It's going to be futuristic. I cannot well, wait, well, <laughs> wait. Now, Elder Scrolls uh, 5, yes, we will not see any Elder Scrolls 5 over at E3. Or is that 6? 5, 6, I don't know. <laughs> 4. Yeah, it's 4. Elder Scrolls 4. What am I talking about? Um, I, I can't read numeral, 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 I can't read those uh, numeral let, letters and numbers and stuff. I'm pretty bad at it. Uh, Elder Scrolls 4, yes, we will not see that. That's an obvious because... That's far. They're, they're sort of working on it, but they're really working on Starfield. All hands are on deck on Starfield right now. 
Elder Scrolls, the next Elder Scrolls game. They just teased because that was the game that they said they had. They were going to work on next after that. I definitely know they're not showing any Elder Scrolls. Beyond Good and Evil 2. I don't know. I think Ubisoft has to show some more Beyond and Good and Evil 2. They already showed a bunch of it. Uh, teaser trailers, stuff like that. They have to start showing some gameplay of Beyond and Good and Evil 2. I'm pretty sure they have to you know, make sure that people know that game is still being made. And it's pretty much almost ready to come out. Even if it doesn't come out on this gen consoles and it comes on for next gen, I'm pretty sure they got to show some more about Good, uh, Good and Evil 2. Skull and Bones? I don't know. That's another game I'm thinking they will show because it's a game that uh, they've been touting for a long time. It's based on the Assassin's Creed uh, 5 Black Flag uh, engine and stuff. I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to show some of that. A new Assassin's Creed game? Probably not because they are showing off uh, Watch Dogs, so I'm pretty sure they're not showing off another Assassin's Creed game. And we just had Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which i got to start playing pretty soon. Death Stranding. No, they're not going to show any Death Stranding, because that's a Sony thing, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to show it when it's almost ready, and that uh, Hido Kojima uh, wants to show it when he's ready to show it at Kojima Productions. Uh, on November 8th, let's see, the, we'll release on a PlayStation 4 exclusive, at least for the first, at first, on November 8th. Yeah, so it's coming out this November 8th, uh, Death Stranding anyway, so I'm sure they're going to show a little presentation of it later on this year when they're far, far away from E3 or Gamescom or something like that. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't own a PS4. I'm not going to probably own a PS5. I'll probably just own an Xbox next gen and stuff and more P- better PC hardware. So I don't think I will be playing Death Stranding unless if it comes out on multi-platform later. I don't know. Uh, the Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, that's something else that you got to wait for the PlayStation. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Don't know much about it. And that's uh, pretty much it. That's pretty much it for the games that probably won't expect at E3. But I don't know. I think Starfield, we should have to expect at E3. Um, some of these other games like uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, I'm sure definitely would be shown at E3 because, you know, Ubisoft wants... If that's a bit, if that was as good as a, of a game, selling game as you, we think, I'm sure Ubisoft would love to show it. So what I'm going to do now, we're going to do something a little different because it's the E3 AudioCast, Gamer AudioCast here, uh, E3 Gamer AudioCast. I'm going to take a little quick music break here. It's going to just be a little, little music break, you know, not that big like I usually do. And I'm going to take a break, uh, get a little drink in me so I can clear my throat, and then we'll go into the last... Uh, news story and then we'll talk about the games that are what i have on my wish list for e3 this year and uh we'll see if that comes true or not so that'll be next after this little music break
And we're back, everybody. We're back with the E3 Gamer audio cast. This is the pre-show cast for E3 before we get into Microsoft and all the other people, Bethesda, Ubisoft, Square Enix, Nintendo, so on and so on, of press conferences throughout E3. This is the pre-show of some breaking early news to predictions to what I want and all that stuff. This is the show, this is the podcast that you want to listen to. This is the podcast that you want to subscribe to. This is the podcast you want to tell your friends and family and all that about. And already, because you're listening to this podcast, let your friends and family know about it. Let everybody know about this podcast. You can get in here on juju2cast.com. That is juju2cast.com, the juju2cast network of stuff, which we do videos, podcasts, so much more at juju2cast.com. You can also, you know, follow me at juju2cast on Twitter, and you can tweet me, ask me questions, all that stuff. I always talk back. You know, that's at juju2cast is my Twitter handle. And like I said, at juju2cast.com where you could get this podcast. Among other places, you can get it on the Google Play Store. I still see it's up on iTunes, which I'm so very surprised it's still up on iTunes. Because, you know, iTunes and Apple, they're very picky about that stuff. And I, I, and I know they wanted people like me to update all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I haven't did it, so who knows. Uh, but I am on Google Play Podcast and all that stuff so you can find me there on my podcast or you could just go to google or to google yeah you can google or you could just go to gg2cast.com go into the side panel which it shows all the podcasts that i do click the e3 gamer audio cast go click on the feed thing and you know on your phone or device to where you want to listen to the podcast and it'll subscribe to you it'll help you subscribe to it so there you go very easy to subscribe very easy to get in your feeds. Very easy to just listen to it. I make it easy for people because, you know, I'm a simple man. I like simple things. And I know people like simple things out there. So why don't we get into the last E3 uh, pre-news story here and then we'll talk about my wish list. So the first Fable 4 details have reportedly leaked ahead of its E3 revival a reveal for Xbox One. Apparently, a new Fable game is being crafted by Forza Horizon Studio Playground Games and has been something of an open industry secret from, for a while now, but we finally appear to be getting some info this E3 as Microsoft looks to capitalize on Sony's absence. Yes, and it's a good thing they are. They're two hours all to themselves. Everybody's going to be talking Xbox and Microsoft. And given that it is E3, uh, it's a coin flip whether the big secret reveals uh, leak out ahead of time. There is a video that Microsoft very badly doesn't want anybody to see. It's a short clip allegedly detailing the reveal of Fable 4. And not only has the original been upload had been taken down, but mirrors on streamable are also being ripped down as fast as they can be posted, implying that, yeah, this is probably a pretty big leak. Um, and let's see here. Um... Apparently it says that in the new Fable game you can switch between first and third person gameplay. There is an expansive character creator in this game. It's a completely open world, which that's pretty cool. Uh, there are no guns. There are no more guns in the game, which I never cared for the guns too much. I used them once in a while, but I liked my swords and stuff like that and shields. So that's okay. Um, and you never know if they could add guns later. 
Uh, you are free to ignore the main quest like Skyrim and never save or never save the world. Okay. Awesome. Uh, you can build a town which ties into the game's ending. Uh, and you can lose if you do it wrong. Okay, that's cool. So I could build a town or if I do it wrong, I can lose. Uh, there's multiplayer, uh, presumably co-op. I would hope so. That'd be pretty awesome. And it's built in the Unreal Engine. Why not? For next-gen gameplay, why freaking not? Uh, past this, there are some additional story details and Namely, the Albion and Aurora have been completely destroyed after the Mad King rebuilt the spire and had the asteroid crash into the planet. Well, that sucks. And now you're rebuilding, uh, but another asteroid is apparently coming. Oh, shit. I hate when that happens. Uh, there are some of the old guard of Fable, uh, Theresa and the Heroes Guild were kept safe by going through a demon door. And apparently Jack Blades is returning. Taking all of this together, this sounds like something of a total reboot for the series. Given that Fable 3 was in 2010 and ended on a rather sour note. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is a new path for Playground Games' vision of the series. And you know what? I'm excited to see what Playground does because they make great Forza Horizon games. So, you know, this is their newer studio. This is the second studio of Playground games that they built for Microsoft to do it. So why not? Uh, it sounds like the single-player slash co-op sprawling RPG that Microsoft has been lacking for a while with its biggest titles either being shooters with traditional campaigns and multiplayer like Halo and Gears or racing tales like Forza. This can get even closer to Elder Scrolls type scale and gameplay and recapture some of the old Fables 2's magic, which I hope it does, would be exactly what Microsoft needs. By all accounts, this does appear to be a game that's coming out for Xbox One ahead of the next console generation. So, ooh, this year? Ooh. But with backwards compatibility mandatory these days and on the X One X hugely powerful, that's kind of neither or nor at this point. Um, and I'm glad. I hope Microsoft is going to keep Fable alive and the whole culture of Fable. I would be very excited about this, and I hope it's true. I hope we see a new Fable game, a new Fable game, and I will definitely play it. So, there you go, folks. There is some, like, early insider, maybe, leaks from E3, from Microsoft, and we will find out shortly today at the Microsoft E3 press conference for my Xbox and all that stuff. So, here is my E3 2019 Mr. Mike's wish list here. And this is like a wish list. This is like a predictions list. You know, both. This is like both here. It's not the biggest list, but it's got some stuff. And it's out of order, so don't expect it to all be in order here uh, at the most part. So what I want to see or what I predict to see this year is Microsoft Xbox to announce and show off the specs of next year's upcoming gaming hardware and to find out if there will be two SKUs of the product or just one main machine. Uh, the state and also state hopefully a price point on the hardware and not only get a machine to not only get a machine to pre-order it right away because once they announce a price point from the hardware, that means people like GameStop and stuff will start pre-ordering these consoles 
as soon as you know as they hear a price point on them and that's when i mr mike will start pre-ordering my console for myself so uh basically i am very interested in pre-ordering one for i would pre-order now for next year it would not be a bad thing for me but i just don't know when and if they would do that they might just announce the console's hardware and talk about what its internals are and what you'll get out of it and then announce the name of them and then say hey we will announce a price point later on in the year or next year or something and then you could start pre-ordering or something i don't know um let's see here i would like to know the cost and save up and you know what if they announce the price point now and when it'll come out next year then people could save up for the next gen console now they probably won't announce a price point because of the whole fact that they don't want to cannibalize their xbox one sales right now and i'm sure that would hurt xbox one sales now unless if they they announce a price drop on the xbox one hardware right now just to say hey we're gonna drop the price of our xbox one x's and our xbox ones right now so you could buy them now and then you know, the next year you can trade up to the next Xbox down the road, you know what I mean, to keep sales alive. I don't know. They could do a few things, but this is Microsoft, so I'm thinking we won't get a price point until next year. I just wish we did have a price point. Uh, that would be really cool, but I'm not going to guarantee that, but that's something I want to see. I want to ju- just at least see the next-gen specs of the next Xboxes. That's what I want to see. Uh, Microsoft to announce Game Pass uh, with live for all platforms. It supports mainly Xbox and PC. Well, we just learned earlier that we just found out the price for the PC Game Pass, which is $5 a month. But still, I wonder if they'll have an Xbox Game Pass that will work for both console and PC and it'll all be wrapped up in the one with Xbox Live. And I'm betting they'll be like $120 a year or something, give or take. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it'll be like $120 or something or more a year for something like that. I don't know. I'm just taking a, a little guess for all that stuff. But uh, that is something that I think Microsoft should have because then people like me will just say, okay, I'll just pay you this amount of money per year and then I can have all this stuff and not have to worry about it. But we'll find out. Microsoft's got a lot to announce, a lot to talk about. We'll find out. Uh, Fable 4 announcement for next gen or coming this fall. We already got some uh, pre-E3 knowledge on that, maybe. We'll see if that's all true or not. Uh, Microsoft Xbox One controllers will carry over for to be able to be used in next gen Xbox. No need to purchase a new controller. Hmm, etc., etc. So this is the thing... They got a perfect controller right now. The Xbox One controllers are amazing. Now, you know, whenever there's a new console, people like to create new peripherals and controllers and all sorts of stuff to sell extra, extra this and that. I wonder if Microsoft will actually not do this and say, hey, our Xbox One controllers have been work tested and created and they are perfect, perfect controllers. I wonder if these controllers will be able to carry over to the next-gen Xboxes so you don't have to get a new controller, but the next-gen Xbox will con- t- contain a new controller anyways so that we can use all these controllers and not have to buy an all-new set of controllers. I would like that. That would save me a bunch of money, uh, gaming money from hardware to pay for games and stuff like that, and 
that'd make me a happy gamer. So I'm hoping Microsoft will say, hey, all your Xbox One controllers will fully work on the next-gen Xbox hardware. You know, sure, they can create some, like, remastered Xbox One controller or Xbox controller from the next-gen hardware, add something unique to it, like a microphone or something, so you could talk to your Xbox, maybe? Hmm? They could do that. Why not? And, you know, that that'd be something that would get people to want to buy them. You know what I mean? A surprise Xbox exclusive game? I'm pretty sure something will be a big surprise for a game-wise over there. For Ubisoft, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle 2. I loved Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle so much. I And I think a lot of other people did as well. And I think Ubisoft said it was a very big hit for them. Why not go back into that realm again and make a Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle 2 for everybody? Because I would definitely love to go back into that world and play that uh, nice turn-based based strategy game again and beat that. You know, I played hours and hours and hours of I had hours and hours of fun of Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So, a sequel to that? I'll be up for that. Ubisoft, a crazy new IP? Maybe. It is Ubisoft. They are willing to push, uh, push the limits to the lim- beyond the limits and stuff. They're they're willing to to try new things. So yeah, maybe a new IP for them. Uh, also, Ubisoft bringing back Aisha Tyler to host. Yes, that is something that I want to see. They should do that, especially now that they're free, a free people again. They don't have uh, Vivende hovering over anymore, trying to do a hostile takeover scheme or anything anymore. And I think she was a big part of their press conference. And I don't know what reason was to not have her last year, but hey, maybe this year they can recoup that and bring her back. I don't know. Maybe she's just done a doing a press conference thing or something. I don't know. But I would hope they would bring her back. I would like to see Ayusha Tyler back to host uh, Ubisoft's, uh, the Ubisoft conference this year. We'll find out, though. You know, I like Eve's Gilman a lot, but I would love to see Ayusha Tyler. She brings the fun, the tall, tall fun. Mm-hmm. Bethesda, to show off Starfield the game, basically falling in space. Like I said, sign me up for that. Will they show it? A lot of people and sources say no, but... Why wouldn't you show something that you teased for a while now? Why wouldn't you show it? I think they should show it. Because what else do they have? They have Doom Eternal. They have uh, Wolfenstein, uh, The Youngblood. uh, I don't know, Rage 2 DLC. They got a few things. They're probably going to talk some more about Fallout 76 add-ons or an expansion to the world or whatever. But that's about it. I don't know what else they could talk about unless they actually talk about something that I'm going to talk about in a second. Uh, Bethesda showing off more Doom Eternal, of course, and a release date. Of course they will because it's coming out this year. And I will definitely buy Doom Eternal for my Xbox to play and get pissed off and not play it for a while and then play it again and play through it and beat it finally with help with my friend like he did the last time. When he helped me, uh, he helped prepare me to beat it, beat the final mastermind boss. Uh, Bethesda again, which I predict, and there's no word on if any of this is true or not, not, and if this will ever become true or not. But this would be something really cool for them to do if if they uh, wanted to go big and bring back a lot of people 
to the Bethesda and Fallout franchise names, announced a Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas remastered uh, collection for all the platforms, including the Nintendo Switch. They could do it. Those are old enough games that could probably be put on one or two discs or one disc or two discs. Well, they got all the Bioshock games on, like, one disc. Well, no, they got them on two discs, but um, they got Bioshock 1 and 2. So they could put it on one disc, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know how big the games are, but remaster them, put them on the discs, let us play them again on our next-gen platforms, you know, and uh, make a version for the Switch. And then I I will definitely buy Fallout 3 New Vegas for the Nintendo Switch and play it then on my Switch. Even if they did Fallout 4 for the Switch, I would probably play it on the Switch. I don't know. Just thinking. But um, I would really love to go back into Fallout 3 again and New Vegas and play that. Especially if it's remastered or they up it or something and put them, clean them up a little bit more and put them on the next-gen uh, hardware. I would love that. They could do it. They'd make a lot of money off of that. Why not? Uh, Nintendo. Of course, showing off more Super Mario Maker 2, that is a necessary thing. Even though it's coming closer and closer to getting it uh, sent to my house, and I cannot wait to get it and play it. Plus, maybe announcing some cool DLC or new modes with the game. Yes, because they did have some blank spots in Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker 2 that could be for potential DLC or new uh, levels or something. Maybe for Super Mario World or... Mario Brothers 2 or something, you know, show maybe something for that so you can make Mario Brothers 2 levels. I don't know. Everybody's been talking about it. Everybody wants it. Maybe Nintendo might do that, you know. Oh, you want to make these? Well, this is a separate DLC add-on that you got to buy, but you can buy it and it'll it'll put it into your game and that'd be pretty cool. I would like to see something like that. But it's Nintendo, so you can't always expect what you want to expect from Nintendo. They do their own thing. (laughs) <laughs> they don't rare, really rarely listen to us. Uh, more Nintendo, show off Animal Crossing for the Switch, Luigi's Mansion 3. Maybe teasing the next Zelda Breath of the Wild game? I don't know if that's too soon or not, but why not? Why not? It's going into three years with the Nintendo Switch already, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's been three years already for Nintendo Switch. So why not talk about uh, more Zelda Breath of the Wild, you know? That'd be cool. Here's a little thing that will probably never, ever, ever, ever happen, but something that I, Mr. Mike, personally want for to see on the Nintendo uh, on the Nintendo Switch, but this will never happen. Showing off a Fortune Street uh, game for the Switch. Yes, I want to play Fortune Street on my Nintendo Switch. You know, show me a you know a new Fortune Street game for the Switch. I want to play it. I thought that was pretty cool. It's a great game. I love playing it with my friend. Bring me Fortune Street for the Switch. Please. Complete my happiness with Fortune Street for the Switch. Now, I said that with Mario Maker 2, but Fortune Street for the Switch would also complete that. Because it's Fortune Street. It's Monopoly on steroids with the stock market. With Nintendo characters and Final Fantasy characters. What more do you want? (laughs) And, of course, Nintendo. New portable hardware with a nice price to match. Highly doubt they'll announce any new portable hardware. Even though people have been talking about Nintendo 
release a new portable hardware. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but never say never. It's Nintendo. And I think it's almost time for them to announce something with new uh, hardware for the uh, new Switch hardware, uh, like a 2.0 version or something, smaller, portable, whatever. I don't know. I'm thinking they might do it sometime soon. Uh, Square Enix, next-gen Tomb Raider game. Mm, They stated that they still want to continue the Tomb Raider series. I don't know what's going to happen with that, even though they haven't been selling very well, but they have said they do want to get back into making more Tomb Raider games. Uh, But I don't know. I don't know what will happen with that. And Square Enix, a new exciting IP? Question mark? I don't know. I really don't know. Because it's Square Enix, and the new exciting IP would probably be that Avengers game. So... There you go, folks. There's your next exciting new IP, the Avengers game. For a new Tomb Raider game, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't. That's gonna be a little ways off. But that's the stuff that I want to see, or I predict to see, or what could be potentially seen at E3 2019. That is my list. I would like to know your guys' lists and stuff. You can always, you know. Let me know, people. You know, I'll, shit. I that's that's what I'm thinking. That's all I can think of right now. And you know, and that's the main stuff right there. There's probably going to be more surprises and secrets and stuff coming out of E3 from all these people. I am so excited. Even though people are saying E3 is kind of going the way of the dodo, and and it is changing. The gaming industry is changing a lot. And I know E3 isn't as like it usually is, but you know what? That's fine because Microsoft's going big this year, very big this year. Everybody else is bringing their A game for the people that are still showing up. And I think it just makes the news cycles a lot easier for people. You don't have Sony on top of Microsoft with all this other stuff. EA hasn't been showing anything interesting to me lately, you know, throughout the years because they mostly like to show their sports and stuff. And they their debacle of battle Star Wars Battlefront and stuff. But the Jedi the Fallen Order, that looks like an okay, pretty cool game. It might be a, like a like a looks looks like a like a Star uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed game to me. At least in the esque of playing it as I see so far. Maybe that'll be something I'll like from EA, but you know, I gotta wait till that's released to play it. Um, I have nothing more to actually think about or talk about, or at least I can't think about it now. I think we talked all we could talk about, uh, coming up soon will be Microsoft's, uh, press conference at 4 p.m. Eastern folks. So everybody get ready for that. And later tonight will be Bethesda. Cannot wait. I'm going to get a lot of, uh, I'm eating like a giant Pizzone, pizza Pizzone and stuff. I'm going to be eating, and stuffing in my face, I got a nice whatchamacallit candy bar ready for the press, the Xbox press conference because I always eat one whatchamacallit candy bar for the Microsoft press conference. That is my my tradition for every E3 that I'll eat a candy bar for E3. Um, yeah, it's weird. I'm weird. But I'm going to watch it on my big 75-inch TV in my room, in my living room on the Mixer channel, I guess. I don't know. What else is it going to be on? They say it's on Mixer, so I'm probably watching on that for uh, the Microsoft press conference. And, 
yeah, I hope they bring a, their A game. I hope everybody brings their A game. I cannot wait. E3 2019 is underway, and before you know it, we'll we'll have uh, lived another E3. We will have watched and listened to another E3. I'll be listening to a lot of other people's podcasts and watching videos and stuff. I will try to post up on my website some some articles and gaming videos that I've seen from people at E3 and all that. So um, when I get a chance to and all the announcements and stuff. And, of course, I'll have my podcasts. And that's all at, uh, uh, at Gmail. That's all at uh, juju2cast.com. That is juju2cast.com, which is the Juju2cast network of stuff that I do. Podcasts, articles, videos, and much more. That is juju2cast.com, which you could get for all this stuff. You can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at juju2cast, the at symbol J-U-J-U-2-C-A-S-T. And my Twitter handle is at juju2cast. You could tweet me, whatever, DM me, whatever you want to do, follow me, definitely. Um, my Xbox gamer tag is demonicoro6. If anybody wants to, you know, friend me on Xbox, um, and my email address for this uh, website for my podcast and all that. If you want to, you know, write me an email about what you think about E3, what you're predicting, what uh, we can expect, any comments or questions for me at all, uh, gaming or not gaming related, because I do more than just gaming on uh, at juju2cast.com. You can email me at corecast2011 at gmail.com. That is corecast2011 at gmail.com, which is the email address that my. Well, my my website and all that is at that is at corecast2011 at gmail.com. And everybody, this has been the first E3 Gamer Audio Podcast, the pre-show. It is now game over. So everybody, game on, game hard, world conquest. There will be more E3 coming up soon. So everybody, hold on to your butts and get ready. E3 is about to begin. So game on.